Good, mor good morning, everybody. Sure good to see you here today. It's a wonderful day to be in the house of God. And we are finishing up a series today entitled Lessons Learned in Difficult Times. Uh, a few weeks ago, I kind of started off the series talking about fear, the grip of fear. And we talked about how faith and fear are, are kind of like things that go in opposite directions. At one point, they're almost the same, but they're heading in different directions. And so today, I want to talk to you about faith. Because I think a lot of us learned in these difficult times to trust God. I think a lot of us learned in these difficult times to, to really lean in to God's provision and His grace. You know, we had the greatest year in our history in giving last year in the pandemic. I believe it's because a lot of people trusted God, maybe for the first time, for their finances. Their job was insecure. They didn't know it, where the next dollar would come from. But they said, I'm going to trust God. And they leaned in in faith. And so today, the theme of the message is from go to show. From go to show. I just believe that God wants us to trust Him deeply and profoundly. I think God wants us to lean into Him in deep and powerful ways. But, but oftentimes what we do is we, we look, seek comfort. We seek the, the stuff that's normal. How many of us want to return to normal? That's, that's what we want. But God may be moving us in new directions. God may be wanting us to stretch in new ways. And what God wants for you is not your comfort. Okay? Don't ever think that God wants you to be comfortable. What he wants you to be is obedient. What he wants you to do is live in relationship with him so he can give you the wonderful things and the wonderful opportunities and the wonderful destiny that he has in mind for you. But you've got to be willing to go before it's all clear exactly what it is, which is the show. So today we're going to look at Abram. This is before he became Abraham. Abraham is because he, he was obedient. But Abram starts this journey. And so in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, it says this. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. That is the promise that God made that established his people. And it took one man, Abram, to begin the journey of faith so that the whole world could be blessed. We live in the blessing of Abraham's obedience. We live in the blessing of his following God and going before he even saw the land that God had for him. And so today, I want us to learn the lessons of this passage because I think it'll help us as we continue the journey on because God doesn't want us to get back to comfort. He doesn't want us to get back to the way it used to be. He's got new horizons and new things for us that we could never even imagine. So, 
What does this say to us? The first thing we learn from it is God has a plan and a purpose that supersedes our comfort zone. Verse 1 says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. Now, one thing you got to learn about Abram is he was set. He was wealthy. He was influential. God had blessed him. He built a comfortable business. He was surrounded by his family and friends. Everything about his life was really just on cruise control. And he was 75 years old. At 75, you should be on cruise control. Everything about him spoke of comfort. Nothing in his life would say, it's time to shake the nest. It's time to stir up my life. But God wasn't done with him yet. In fact, God was just beginning with him. At 75, the journey was just starting. And his ultimate journey would be to the best that God had for him, which was far beyond his understanding. And again, I bring you back to the idea. It's easy for us to tend towards the comfort zone. We want to play it safe. We want it easy. We want enough money. We want a house. We want good relationships. We want comfort in our lives. But there are moments in time when God's plan and purpose for us disrupts our comfort zone. Because God is more interested in our character than our comfort. He wants us to become the people he desires us to be. And if we settle for comfort, we haven't settled for God's best. Now, God's plan may not fit into your 10-year plan. Now, we, we should plan. We should think about life and our future. We should make, uh, we should make investments for our future. We should, we should do things that, that move us in the right directions. But our 10-year plan cannot supersede God's lifetime plan. It can't supersede what God wants for us. Because God knows who we are, where we're at, and what we can become and how we can be the most effective and productive. And let me tell you something. The great life is the life that is most productive and effective. You can settle for comfort, but if God puts his hand on you and makes you productive and effective, it's going to be well beyond the comfort zone, and it's going to be a wonderful place to live. And that's what happened to Abram. God stirred him up. And he asked Abram to trust him. Go and I will show. It's a walk of faith. It's a journey of trust. But it was God's best for everyone. Not just Abraham, but all the people he influenced and surrounded him. Because when he left, he left with his family and all the people who worked for him. And the people who said, hey, I want to go too. He, there was this whole core of people that his life affected and what God had for them was better than anything they could imagine. Abram's influence toward godliness and towards obedience affected everyone around him. Because it's not the comfort zone. God wants us in the blessing zone. God wants us in a place that's beyond just our comfort. So what does it mean? Lack of faith 
lack of trust, will require the show before the go. You see, it's important to get the things in the right order. God says, go and I will show. We say, God, show us and then I'll go. You ever had that moment with God? God's talking to you about something and, and he, he's, he's speaking deeply to you. And you say, okay, you show it to me, you, you give it to me and then I'll do it. And God just kind of shakes his head and goes, that's not the way this works, dude. If we don't trust God, our, tenets, our tendency will be, show us. Show me the end before I take the first step. Be honest with yourself. How many times in your life, and in what situations and circumstances have you said to God, I'll take the step when I see you do it for me first? How many times have people said, I'll begin to give when I got my lottery winnings. I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness when somebody else comes and grovels before me. I, I, I'll, I'll work on the relationship in my marriage when my wife really admits that I'm right. That ain't ever going to happen, dude. <laughs> we want God to show out and give us the end. He, we want him to show us the last page of the last chapter before we start the book. God wants us to trust him and lean into him. Be, be willing to leave our own way, our limited perspective and history, and place our trust in him. Now, faith is placing your trust in God, but it's not blind trust. Well, you know, we just... I just have to walk in faith, this blind faith. No, it's not blind faith. It's a trust based on experience. What has God done for you in the past? What has your walk been? How has God provided for you? Relationship, knowing that he loves you and you lean into him and he cares for you and he's got the best in mind for you. And fulfill promises, things that he's already done for you, promises that he's made that you can say, take to the bank and say, yes, God did that. I want to challenge you to write down some of the things that God has already done for you because that will build your faith to take the next step of the journey. The next time God says, go, you can thumb back in the journal and say, well, the last time he said go, he showed up here. And the last time he said go before that, he showed up here. God has showed up and showed up and showed up and showed up. Why not trust him? Why not believe in him? Why not move in? God will show. But you've got to take that first step. When God speaks to you and begins to stir your heart about something, be willing to take the first step. Go. And then he'll show. That's what faith does. Now, also obedience embraces the purpose and the destiny God has for us. Verses 2 and 3. I will make you a great nation. Think about this. He's talking to a nomad. This guy doesn't even have a house. He's got a tent and some camels. I'll make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. This was before TikTok. <laughs> and you will be a blessing to others. 
Think about that. Not only will you be blessed, but you will bless others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Now, I want that deal. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Wow. You talk about a purpose and a destiny? That, that's the promise God was making Abram. You bet I'll go. You make that promise to me, God, and I will go. God was promising all the things that were even above and beyond his dreams or imaginings. It was beyond his experience. You know, one of the things God wants to do for us is take us beyond our experiences to new experiences with him. God wants us to have ever-increasing faith, to see him expand our horizons of what can be and how he can use us and what he can do through us. God wants to put more resources in your hand if he knows you're faithful to use them well. God wants your relationships to be good if he knows you're going to deal with people with love and kindness and grace. God wants you to have a life that is meaningful and significant and influential if you will influence people towards him. We want fame. He wants obedience. And he said, yeah, Abram, if you obey, you're going to be famous because your name will be known for what you have done. God was prompting him to believe for great things. Great things. He, again, he's just this herder on the backside of nowhere. And the whole world's going to know about you. Wow. What an opportunity that obedience provided. Now, the question is, what's God prompting you to do? What are you wrestling with God about? Is it about serving? Is it about restoring a relationship? Is it about giving? What in your life is God saying to you, if you'll go and take the step, I'll show what I will do. If you will trust me with the first step, I'll take you on the journey. But you've got to get out of your chair. You've got to get out of the comfort zone. You've got to get out of the place where you just feel like, i got it all and I don't need anything else. And when you do that, and you lead and you follow God's promptings. He'll protect you and surround you, just like he did for Abram. He'll bless you. He'll give you influence. He'll give you significance. And the way that we take hold of God's promises is obedience. And obedience comes from faith. We trust that God has the best interests for us in mind. You can't have God's best without reaching out and taking it. He's not going to dump it on you. He's going to ask you to reach for it and grab hold of it through faith. And then you'll receive it. That's when it becomes yours. We give gifts at Christmas. They're not ours until we open them and take them. A few years ago, my wife gave me a Christmas present. 
it was one of those CO2 whipped cream makers. You know, the canister thing, and you put the CO2 in it, boosh! I, I don't know how it works, but it's cool. And, and, and we bought extra CO2 cartridges for it and all that kind of stuff. And for some reason, I never use it. I put it on a shelf. In fact, I got it before we moved to where we live now. And we've been living there four years, and I got about three or four years before that. And, and it, it really never been open. We took the paper off, and I think I opened it up and looked at it once, but I, I just put it away. And so about six months ago, Tina came to me and said, listen, either you're going to use that thing or we're going we're to give it to Goodwill. And so I finally used it. And you know what? It's cool! <laughs> but it really wasn't mine until I took it out of the box and I put whipping cream in it and a little vanilla and powdered sugar You got to get the vanilla and powdered sugar just right. It takes, it takes practice, and practice is fun. <laughs> and then you, then you screw on the thing that, that makes the CO2 cartridge, and then it just blows up. And then you squirt it, and it, 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 it's wonderful. But it wasn't mine until I used it, until I took hold of it. What in your life have you not taken hold of that God has promised you? What gift has he said to you, I want to give this to you, but you have yet to say yes. You have yet to take the first step. God wants great things for you if you'll trust him and believe him. The next lesson we learn is faith is movement on the ground that activates the power of God. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of what we cannot see. It's reality. It's evidence. A few weeks ago, we went to lunch with Darren and Danielle, our campus pastors down in Ording Valley, and they got three boys. And they're great boys. And, and we, were at, we were at this restaurant, and their oldest, Daniel, said, I gotta go to the bathroom. So we're sitting pretty close to the bathroom. There's not many people in the place. He said, okay, just go over there. Well, he walks over to the door of the bathroom, and it's one of those bathrooms that's got a motion-sensitive light in it. So he opens the door and looks in, and he goes, the light's not on. Where's it at? And he comes running back. Who's going to turn the light on for me? Now, I had been in this restaurant before, and I knew it was a motion-sensitive light. And so, so I said, just go back there and open the door and kind of walk in. And so... So he went back and opened the door and took a step in and stopped. And the light didn't come on. And he goes, it's still not working. I said, get inside and jump up and down. <laughs> and you know what? The light came on. It took motion to activate the power. Okay? Faith is motion on the ground. Obedience is motion on the ground that activates the power of God at work in us and work in our lives. When we go, we release something in the heavenlies. 
we release something powerful and profound. And God says, when he sees us begin to trust him, he goes, I can use that. I can use them. I can do something with them that's powerful and profound. I can make a difference through them. And then his power comes to bear on our situation and circumstance. God wants to give us solutions to our problems. You know, there was a lot of prayers that went up during COVID. I'm not sure we listened a lot, but we prayed a lot. And what God says to us is just as important as what we say to God, because prayer is a two-way communication. It's not just you talking. It's you listening as well. And sometimes we don't get exactly what we want. When my girls were growing up, if I'd say no to something they wanted, they said, you're not listening to me. Oh, yes, I am. That request was ridiculous. Ridiculous. And, and in God's economy, no is just as much of a reasonable answer as yes. Too often we give God the prayer and then the answer. And if the answer doesn't look exactly like we want it to look, we don't think God is working. Obedience says, Lord, I'm going to listen to what you... Because Abram had no thought about leaving. Abram was fine where he was. But God had a different plan. God had a different purpose. God had something far beyond Abram could ever imagine. And when we trust God, when we activate faith through trusting and believing and walking it out, He will show us the great things He has in store. And there are things beyond our imagination. I can't tell you how many things God has done in my life over the last 46 years of ministry that I can't even believe. He has taken me on adventures and taken me to places and giving me, given me relationships that are above and beyond anything I could have ever wanted. But I had to be willing to say yes. I had to be willing to go. And as I went, he showed up. He showed out. God was faithful and is faithful and continues to be faithful. And when we begin to move, it looks like this. We serve with no expectation of position or recognition. We serve because we love Jesus. We ask forgiveness, even though we may have been wrong. Even though we may have the high moral ground. We work for what's best, and we, we ask for forgiveness. We humble ourselves in marriage, before each other, honoring one another. We give. Because we know God is the ultimate provider. And as good stewards, we simply respond. I, I can't tell you how proud of, I am of this church. A week and a half ago, we said, hey, we want to do something for kids. And a week and a half, 23,000 bucks has come in. Wow! 
Now, we got to get to 95. But I believe with all my heart we're going to do it. Because that's the kind of people you are. You take a step of faith. You begin to believe God. You've seen God show up again and again and again and again in your life. And you are now on a walk of faith that takes you where you should be, where you need to be. God wants to do great things for you. God wants your life to be full and productive. God wants you to see him at work in your life doing great things. But you've got to take the step of go. Final thing we learn is that we go in confidence that God is working in us and through us. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says this, I am certain, I love that, love Paul, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day Christ Jesus returns. The God who began the work will finish it. You know, one thing I've learned is we were not created to be minimalists, to be just survivors. We're called to flourish. We're called to be great people who love God and accomplish powerful and purposeful things. We're called to thrive. That's one of the buzzwords in this church. To thrive. To flourish. To have life that is truly life. The great life that God has for us. And the wonderful thing about no matter who you are or where you sit today or whatever your age is, God's not done with you yet. He's still got something for you. He's still got a new step of faith. He's still got a new adventure. He's still got something that, that really can change your perspective in, in your life. Because ultimately, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 is ours. For we live by believing, not by seeing. We are called believers for a reason. We believe, we trust, we act in faith. Well, don't you have the science behind it? No! God didn't call us to be scientists. He called us to be believers. Not everything I believe can be proven by a test tube in a laboratory. But that doesn't matter. Because this God I love and serve and trust has proven himself again and again and again and again to be faithful. You say, well, isn't that just antidotal evidence? Well, that's all I need. God's been antidotal enough to be very systematic in the way he's treated me. God is faithful. And there will be a day when we see all that he has in store for us. You know what that is going to be when he takes us home? And we look back. And we see, wow! I thought this and this and this and this, but God had this and this and this and this. That's so beyond me. Yeah, because it's God's stuff, not your stuff. And he'll keep working in you and me until the end because he's not done with us yet. COVID's not the end. Lockdowns aren't the end. 
Masks are not the end. God's not done with the church. God's not done with you. God's not done with believers and faith. God wants greater things. Because we are confident that where God is leading you is better than where you've been. We're confident that where God is leading us, where God is leading you, where God is leading this church, where God is leading all of us, is better than where we've been. Because in faith, he will show you the great things he has in store for you. And that's the way we live. We don't live from show to go. We live from go to show. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are with us, that you have helped us, and you will continue to help us. Lord, I pray for my friends all across this room and online. I pray, God, that you would be with them today as they hear your voice and begin to step out in faith. God, I pray that there would be a deep trust that will build and you will be able to do wonderful things in and through them because they are faithful to you. So today we love you. And even more than that, we trust you. And we live to obey you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask Tina to join me here for a second. I've been preaching to you for more than over for more than 21 years. And I've asked you to respond to Scripture. And I cannot do less myself than what I've asked you to do. After returning from sabbatical, we found ourselves in a season of comfort. A very enjoyable place in life. We deeply enjoyed our family surrounding us. This church. I got to tell you, you know, you know that hot tub you, you gave us in September? It showed up Friday. <laughs> Took a while. We, we love our responsibilities here at the church and working with Pastor Caleb and the leadership team. It, it's been a joy and just, it's, it's what we dreamed of. But God has a way of taking us out of our comfort zone. In April, we were approached very unexpectedly, something we were not looking for, something that we had no idea of, about the possibility of a new season of ministry. And a door began to open that we didn't know was there. We felt God begin speaking to us about this new endeavor, and we walked closely with Pastor Caleb and the leadership team here at Sound Life Church as we explored the possibilities. And as a result of that, there's a deep sense that God has called us to go. And he's going to show us a new season of productivity. In September, we will join Dr. Troy Jones in New Life Church. It serves South Pierce County with a multiple sites in an executive pastoral role. 
Now, we'll continue to live here. Most of you commute someplace. And we're going to commute to Renton. We'll take care of our responsibilities. But my mother and our children will continue to make this their church home. And you're going to see us once in a while as well. Because this is our home. We love you more than you'll ever know. And we're going to see you. We'll see you at Fred Meyer. We'll see you at Applebee's. We'll see you in the area. Because, because we're going to live together. And once in a while, we'll return and rejoice with you as God continues to bless you. I'm so excited about the future of this church. As you go, God's going to show you. And we believe the same for us. We never dreamed that at 67, we'd be headed... <laughs> She's in denial, yes. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. We love and thank you for all you've done. You have made the last 21 plus years a joy. And we're not leaving till the end of August. But be in prayer for us. I'm going to be praying for you. You be praying for us. This old dog's going to have to learn some new tricks. God is faithful, and God is good. Thank you so much. God bless you. You know, they say you got to practice what you preach, and so Pastor Cal preached what he's practicing. And uh, I know from just walking through this with them that this has been exactly what Cal preached to you this morning. Not a, not a comfortable thing for them. And so I would just echo that. Let's be in prayer for them. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. In many ways these days, uh, being a pastor, being called to ministry has kind of uh, been formed into a more uh, similar career to a lot of other careers. But there's still some parts of the call to ministry that don't quite fit a normal career model, and this is one of them, that you never know when a, a phone call or a word from the Lord will change the direction of your life. And um, I know from personal experience what it is to leave a community that you love and feel safe in, um, but I also know what it is to be sent somewhere where you will find purpose and love more than you had imagined. And I'm believing that for Pastor Calentina. I also am believing that they're going to be back with us one, one of these days um, before too long. But you know what? All of our lives belong to the Lord. All of our lives belong to Jesus. And I am grateful in so many different ways, but this is just another one that I'm so grateful for Pastor Cal and Pastor Tina's examples of really making that true. It's not just lip service. It's not just a bumper sticker. It's not just something that's been posted on social media, but their lives really do belong to Jesus, and they are following his call more than their own comfort zones. And the way that we honor them is by doing the same. 
not, not by doing anything less than what they are demonstrating to us. And um, I do want to, just on a practical note, Pastor Cal will be, their last Sunday with us will be August 22nd, and then they'll have some days in the office following that. But Pastor Cal will be preaching that Sunday. And so you guys have some time. And here's your homework. If you've been blessed by Pastor Cal's or Pastor Tina's ministry, I want you to articulate that to them at some point. And, you know, sometimes it's like, well, we, you know, we, we told them we loved them because we gave in the offering. Or we told them we loved them because I emailed them 10 years ago. Or, you know, we told them we loved them because we were there for the celebration where, we, where everybody gave them a hot tub. You know, no, tell them. Tell them. Because that's fuel to believe that God's going to use them again in the next season. Okay? So that's your responsibility over this next month, month and a half while they're with us is to make sure you articulate in, in writing, in, in a meeting or whatever, um, you know, blow up their emails. They'd love to answer tons and tons of emails. No, I'm just kidding. But express that love to them. Express that love to them. And we will do the same again before they go. And in the meantime, I want you to pray. Let, let this... Uh, journey that we're watching play out before us with Pastor Calentina challenge you in your journey. And I know I'm speaking this morning, you know, people in Ording Valley who got a new campus pastor pretty close to this time last year, talking to our friends in traditions, you know, those watching online. Change is a part of life, isn't it? And usually change is uncomfortable for everyone involved. But in God's hands, change is always a good thing. He always uses it to be a good thing. So would you stand with me this morning? We're going to have time to pray over Pastor Calentina, and we'll look forward to those moments. But can we, with them as our sermon illustration, offer our lives to the Lord? Would you put your hands out in front of you and just as a sign of surrender to the Lord? And with open hearts, would you just be willing to hear from Jesus? What is he calling you to? I believe that in, in every venue this morning, no matter your age, could be the youngest teenager, the oldest adult in your venue, in your room, and God has purpose for you in this season and the next until he welcomes you home. Let him whisper to you in this moment, what are the things, the gifts that have been in the, on the shelf that you need to make use of? What are the things that he has spoken to you about in past seasons that need to be resurrected? And what is that new thing that he is putting in, for, in front of you that he wants you to step into? Father, we invite you to speak to us by your spirit in this moment. Our lives belong to you. So tell us what you want to do, who you want us to be. Give us the courage and the faith to be obedient to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you say amen in every venue this morning, in every venue. Before I dismiss you, I'm going to invite Pastor Calentina to head to the lobby, and those in venues on this campus can go find him in the lobby after. And I want to remind you that part of your faith journey is the mission field that we go out to this morning. And you go out to a mission field, whether you are ready or not, whether you know all the answers or not, 
God has sent you, and as you go, he will show you what he wants to do in you and through you. And so, you're dismissed this morning. In all of our venues, you're dismissed. We love you. Have a great week, and we will see you next week.